Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is sponsored by June Shine. It is one of the best, most delicious go-to adult beverage options. They make canned cocktails, so margaritas, vodka sodas, and rum cocktails made with premium ingredients that taste amazing. I highly recommend the margarita pack. It has four different flavors, spicy, mango, tropical, and lime, all made with high-quality tequila. I personally love the lime flavor. I mean, these canned cocktails are made with ingredients you can actually pronounce. Max is always ordering a skinny margarita. I like them not because of anything caloric-related, but just because Sometimes margaritas can be super diluted with like the syrups and the stuff like that. And you don't even have like that clean taste of a margarita. And I think that's why June Shine does it really well because they use ingredients like orange and lime and tequila. June Shine is sustainably produced. They are carbon neutral through their partnership with Climate Neutral, and they donate 1% of all sales to environmental nonprofits. June Shine can be found in over 10,000 stores across the country. It's available at all the retailers you're already visiting for groceries and alcohol like Whole Foods, Target, Ralph's, Vons, Albertsons, Kroger, Wegmans, Total Wine, BevMo, Safeway, and more. I've worked out a special offer with June Shine for RealPod listeners. At any store, you can buy one June Shine package and get the second for only a penny. That's $12 to $20 in value. I recommend trying one of their best-selling variety packs, which is a great way to try all their delicious flavors. Go to juneshine.com slash realpod, text them a photo of your receipt, and they'll Venmo you immediately. It's that easy. That's juneshine, J-U-N-E-S-H-I-N-E.com slash realpod. Welcome to RealPod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick-Brown, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Real Pod. We're bringing you a solo episode today. It's just me answering your questions on relationships. That is romantic relationships, friendships, family relationships, all the things. And I'm really excited. So we are going to get started. And this is fun for me because I usually give advice on mental health and body image and student athlete life in college student things like that, which I do love, but this is kind of fun. And I purposely chose some, what I thought were juicy and thought provoking questions so that this would be a really valuable and also just like fun episode. So these are questions that you all wrote to me through my Instagram. And we're going to start off hot with this first question. Thoughts on sharing locations. (laughs) I told you we were going to get juicy right away. (laughs) 
So my thoughts on sharing locations. I love to share locations because I like to just know like where Max is because as you guys know, if you follow my stories religiously, we do not do a good job of keeping each other updated on our whereabouts. So, you know, sometimes I just like to check because I know, is he at work? Did he go have a drink with the buddies? Is he driving home yet? Is he still at the office? So for me, the location is just, it saves him having to text me back, if that makes sense. I think when you're using locations because you don't trust a person, that's when it's not healthy. And on the contrary, if someone doesn't want to share their location with you because they're hiding things, that's also not okay. But the root of the problem is you shouldn't be like begging and forcing your partner to share their location with you as if like, then they can't lie to you and they can't cheat on you because you can see it. Like that shouldn't be the reason they're not cheating on you is because they're like, oh, they have my location. You know what I'm saying? So I think the most important thing is like the trust piece of this. So you can totally share your locations if it's for healthy purposes of knowing their timing during the day and making sure they got somewhere safely That's why I like to have it. But if you find yourself checking their location on like a Wednesday night or a Thursday night or when they tell you that they did something and like you're using it to fact check, I think there's some bigger issues there, unfortunately. The next question says, I'm having a hard time telling people in my life my feelings. Any tips? I would say that what always helps me is being completely honest. So in this case, I think you could, you know, have whoever this person is you want to open up to, you could literally say to them, I want to open up to you more, but I'm having such a hard time communicating my feelings. So literally the issue that you're having, I think you could say that. And then they might say, oh my gosh, well, you know, you don't ever have to overthink what you tell me or anything you tell me is definitely a secret that I'd keep so you can trust me. Like they might reassure you and then you might realize, oh, okay, I'm I'm not feeling like it's as hard right now to then keep opening up. So I always just lead with complete honesty, even when I don't know the answer. I think I talked about this on RealPod once or I talked about it on Instagram, but one time Max and I were at this party this is a perfect example for this because this is a relationship episode. And he was talking to this girl. So someone that I know, it's literally not a big deal. And there is no history there. And Max wasn't doing anything weird. But I was just feeling very jealous. And I was like feeling it. And I was like watching them. And I was thinking, why am I feeling so jealous? This is so stupid. Like, that's my husband. This is not at all like a weird setting. But for some reason, I had that emotion. And that's a weird thing to tell your husband when they've done nothing wrong, right? So that's why I'm kind of relating it to your question of having a hard time telling people your feelings. So in this instance, I literally, I waited till the next day because I didn't want to bring it up drinking. And it was also silly because there was nothing that had gone wrong. But the next day, I just said to him, I want to tell you something that I experienced last night. And this is really out of character for me. And you did nothing wrong to trigger this. But I just want you to know because I want us to always share our feelings. That's how I opened up to preface this. And then I said, I was watching you with that girl and I was really jealous. And then, you know, we had a conversation and it was cute and whatever. That's Max. If you just heard my text, his ears must be ringing. Anyways, 
As you can see, I didn't have some beautiful opening. I just shared the ugly that was on my mind. So if you're having a hard time opening up to people in your life, I would not put too much pressure on having this perfect delivery or making sure it makes sense. You can simply explain to them, I'm struggling in this area. I'm not sure what the next thing is, but I just wanted to tell you. And I promise you're going to feel a weight lift off your shoulders just from that. The next question says, how do you move on from a family member making bad decisions for themselves? Ooh, this is a tough one. And honestly, I would just redirect you to the Real Pod episode I did recently titled, You Can't Save Someone Who Doesn't Want to Be Saved. Because basically, the best answer I could give you to this question is what I explained in that episode where I was talking about the people we have in our lives, throughout our lives, that we'll meet in a variety of different ways, who constantly are making the wrong choices. They're hurting themselves. They're hurting others. And you just can't get through to them. So honestly, I don't even want to like try to summary that an- that episode because it it's a deep conversation. So I'm just going to send you to that real pot episode. It was a few weeks ago and it says you can't save someone who doesn't want to be saved. And I am confident that if you listen to that, it will make you feel better. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. So excited to talk about one of my favorite RealPod sponsors, Vionic. Vionic has been a sponsor for a while now, and I love that because I genuinely, genuinely love their shoes because all of their shoes have incredible, incredible arch support that you feel through your whole body. Vionic has an exclusive Viomotion technology, which is what truly sets them apart. They began by revolutionizing medical orthotics, and today they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day long. My favorite sneakers are the Miles 2. However, if you heard last week, I just got the Carmelina sneaker. They're adorable. They're like a beige nude white sneaker, and they look super, super sick. And I've been looking for a clean sneaker that's a nude like brownie color to just go with my like classier outfits. But when I want that sporty kick on the bottom and I'm obsessed with them and I'm even more obsessed because of the way they make my feet feel, which is amazing because of the Viomotion technology and the arch support that is built into every pair of shoes. Through the rest of the month, you can use code RealPod at checkout for free shipping at vionicshoes.com. That's code RealPod, all caps, no spaces at checkout for free shipping at www.vionicshoes.com. And there's a 30-day, no questions asked, risk-free return policy. If you're going to be traveling and looking for a great place to stay, look no further than Weston. Weston hotels make it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling. They have signature offers like a variety of fitness options. So if you're trying to keep working out on the road, you can get that in. I know for me, I've got a really good physical fitness routine in person at home right now. But when I go on the road, that's often where I'm not moving my body as much as I would like to or that my body would like to be moving. So just knowing that it Weston. They have so many different fitness options to help you no matter what your wellness routine is, is amazing. And they have state-of-the-art equipment in their Weston workout fitness studios. They also have three and five mile scenic running maps, making it easy for you to find the best route to explore on foot. I always need to go out for fresh air on a walk, no matter what hotel or where I'm staying. 
just to get out of the room and like out of whatever I'm doing on the trip. So I would for sure be getting this run map if I was staying at Weston, but I wouldn't run it. I'd probably walk it. Let's be real. But still, the map would be clutch. Not to mention, customize your workout while on the go with the Hyperice and Bala products to borrow during your stay. I mean, Hyperice, wow. The former athlete in me is like big Hyperice fan. Find wellness on your next stay at Weston because at Weston Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well and sleep well so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next stay at Weston. All right. This next question says important things to talk about before getting married. This is a great one and super important. I think the by far two most important things you should talk about with your partner before you get married are one money. Like you have to be open about the money that you have, the money that you make, the money that you want to have. I think it would be really uncomfortable. I could never agree to combine lives with someone if I felt like I couldn't have fully candid conversations about money with them. So I think that's incredibly important, not only for you to be completely open with them, but for them to have transparency with you. And then the second thing I'd say is the trajectory of your life and what you want your life to be. Because if you're getting married, you're combining your life with someone else and you just have to want the same big things. You both have to want to retire early and move to Europe. Not just one of you can want to do that. You both have to want to grind at your careers and be an upper class family. Or conversely, you both have to agree money isn't everything. I want to backpack. I don't want to have a big savings and I'm okay going month to month or year to year financially. Neither is better, wrong, or worse. The only thing is that if you're sharing your life with someone and you're merging and you're joining and becoming one, you just have to want to be in the same place when you're 40 and you're 50 and you're 60 and you're 70. And of course, people change. Things change. And maybe you're on the same page now and you won't be on the same page later. So you don't have to have an exact plan. But like for Max and I, you know, we had basic conversations about we would like to be a family that can take our kids on vacation period. Because some people don't have the ability to go on vacation. So that means that Max and I want to work to a level in our careers where we have some extra money where we can be taking our kids on vacation. As opposed to one of us saying, nope, I hate vacations. I'll never want to go. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't have to be an exact specific, like this is where I want to be in 20 years from now because no one can predict that. But like in general, you have to have those compatibility aspects so that you just know that the core main things that you believe and want as a person, this person is aligned. I highly recommend that you get the book Eight Dates. It's amazing. It's by these two psychologists. I'm blanking on their name, but if you go to Amazon and you type in Eight Dates and you spell it E-I-G-H-G, Eight Dates, there's this white book with like a blue green eight on the cover and it is amazing. I can't recommend it enough, especially for couples who are going to be getting married It takes you through the eight most important conversations. It is money. It is dreams. It is family. It is sex. It is trust. I'm blanking on the others, but eight dates. Homework. This next question is fun. It says, how much did Max and I talk about past relationships? The answer is, well, it depends what you're talking about. But when it comes to like hookups and like body count and all that stuff, absolutely not at all. I know that what I don't know won't hurt me. 
And I know that that sounds crazy, but I just feel like the grown, well, I wasn't that evolved when Max and I, I was like, what, 19? I wasn't as aware as I am now, but this was pretty aware. Like I did not want to go through and hear about every single girl he'd ever been with intimately. Like why would I want to do that to myself? It sounds like absolute torture. That's torture is Max answering that question and me actually hearing the answer. So I didn't want to talk about our past or his because (laughs) mine is mine is not very riveting. So, you know, he didn't care as much like uh, the way that I was like, I don't want to know anything like he didn't really care. So he was like, fine, whatever that you want. Of course, I know like anyone he's had a relationship with that was going on dates or girlfriend, boyfriend. And like he knows that for me. But fortunately, both of us only had relationships in high school. So I think when you're in college and you're past your high school relationship, you just kind of realize, of course, it was a relationship, but like it was high school and it's not that deep. And so I don't know. Neither of us like ever felt threatened or weird about the other's high school relationship because we were just kids. So, you know, that hasn't been a big deal. If anything, it's kind of funny. Max being Max will like, you know, bring up random guys from my past just to like be funny. And I don't know annoy me in the way that he does. And yeah, I know his ex's birthday. And so I'll be like, happy birthday to your ex. You know, funny things like that. But no, we I mean, it's not that deep. The next thing that I'll say is I have told him that while I don't need his list of any people he's been with, which by the way, I don't know what it is. It could be really short and it could be really long. I don't know. And I don't care to know. But I have told him if I'm going to encounter someone that you have been with intimately or kissed like in in any way I want to know because I don't like the trip of talking to a girl and her thinking "Mm, I once fucked your husband and me having no idea that to me is like my husband has a secret with someone else I don't like that so I have asked him to please give me the courtesy of the alert when I am going to meet someone or hang out with someone that he's been with and USC and LA is like a small community so that's why it's like relevant here. And that has happened uh, once. Yeah. Recently he told me that and it's fine. I don't like get mad at him. It's the past is the past. And then I think it happened another time. He just told me it was someone he like, they just kissed or whatever. But yeah. So that's the courtesy that I like. This next question was submitted so many ways and probably was one of the most popular questions. And it's how do you deal with a one-sided friendship or a friend not pulling their weight or seeming to care about you? And it is so funny that y'all are submitting this because I feel like I just had this conversation with my mom, Queen Lainey, shout out this morning, because I am just like, why am I surprised? You know, when it's like you just think to yourself, why does this surprise me? Why am I shocked? You know, each time it's like I have such faith in everyone and I want to believe in the good of everyone. And I'm I'm optimistic in that way. But I feel like recently I was let down and I felt like, you know, a friend didn't show up for me in the way that I would have showed up for them. And you know what? It really is specific to the person and your relationship with them. For example, there's people in life that you can recognize. I really love them. I love them. They're a good person. They love me. We have so much fun when we're together, but they never pick up the phone. They just never pick up the phone. And you have to decide like what you can tolerate. Okay, what you can tolerate it. Because if you want to end a friendship because they don't answer the phone, I don't know. Is that would I end a friendship over that? Probably not. If I love hanging out with them, they're always a great time and they've never really personally done anything to hurt me. They're just 
not good when you're not in the same room as them. So you have to decide what is this friend to you? You know, I also think we have different friends that serve different purposes. I'm a big believer in that. You have a friend who could be great for partying, a friend who's great for advice, a friend who's your friend you love to go on walks with, but you're never going to get together with your spouses, you know, whatever it is. So I think it's really about slowing down and doing the work and asking yourself, is this a friendship that I want to keep despite this flaw? Right. And we have flaws, too. The other thing that I'll say, and this is the other side of the coin, is if you're like me, you are a giver, thoughtful thinker, always caring, like going above and beyond for your friends. And it's abnormal. <laughs> like I was raised the Laney way, which is a gift for everything, a card for everything, a text for everything, a follow up for everything. And it's a beautiful thing. And it's why my mom is super special. And I'd say it's probably a reason why my friends would say I'm a great friend is because I'm always thinking about my friends. I care so much, period. I care so much. Okay. That's a beautiful thing about me. But a lot of other people will never care the same as me because I just care past the standard. Does that make sense? So I've had to recognize that doesn't make me bad or there's nothing wrong with me, but not everyone's going to meet my standard. Not everyone believes there should be a gift for every birthday or a text for every doctor's appointment, right? So I have to just then sit in that and be like, okay, do I even like all the check-ins? Am I doing that to people because that's what I think I have to do to be a good friend or do I enjoy doing it? You know, first of all, you have to ask yourself these questions. And I think I realize I'm a happy medium. I do love to do this stuff. It's natural. I'm always thinking about my friends. So if I'm thinking about them, why not send the text? But I don't think I have to beat myself up if I forget, you know, the whatever party it is, gift or, you know, something like that. So I've realized that I am going to be a little bit above the norm, but I can dial it back a little. And I've also just been really trying to breathe through the fact that, like, don't add storyline. If you listen to the Jeff Sod episode, which I quote all the time, it was so good. Like, seriously, one of the best episodes of RealPod ever. It was Jeffrey Sod. And he was saying, don't add storyline. Don't add storyline. So let's say your friend doesn't text you. And then you think, oh my gosh, they didn't text me. They never text me. They probably saw this and put their phone away and then decided, like, they weren't going to text me because they don't care about me or they're annoyed with me, right? All of that is storyline. It's your thoughts spiraling. Don't add storyline. So if something doesn't go your way, instead of spewing this narrative about what they must be thinking and feeling and then accumulating all this negative energy inside of you and then going to gossip to someone else about it when for all you know, they just their phone died, their phone broke, they didn't have it or something crazy happened in their life and they couldn't call you back. So good rule of thumb is just don't add storyline. The very last thing I'll say about this is yes, it is important to teach people how to treat you. That was something my mom always said to me growing up is you teach people how to treat you. And if you tolerate something for a long period of time, then they will become accustomed to it. So if you are always the one calling to reach out and make the plan and make the reservation, they're never going to do it because you've done it for years. So what you can do is try to give some space, some breathing room, some opportunity for them to call and make the reservation, for them to miss you and for them to think, oh, I haven't called Vic in a while. I'm going to call her. I sometimes feel like I call people so much. I don't even give them the space to call me because by the 
time they would think about it, I've already called. And you know what? This is the saddest part and I hope it doesn't happen. But if they never call you, you're probably better off without it. Think about all the energy you would have kept pouring into this person who never reciprocated it. So if they never make that call back and they never make that text back, I'm really sorry. I know it hurts, but think about all the energy you're saving and can now put into someone who's going to reciprocate and love you and treat you well back. I got a question asking me if I've had any friend breakups and how to deal with that and how to heal and move forward. Yes, I have definitely experienced this. I want to say I've only experienced like a really true, you know, thought I was going to be close with this person forever type of friendship to no speaking twice in my life. And I feel like I've kind of chalked it up to there's a disagreement, right? There's two people involved in one relationship and there's some sort of disagreement. And another person had asked, what about if a friendship ends and you think things are left unsaid and they don't know how badly they hurt you, yada, yada, yada. And that's the reality of life. Not everyone's going to understand how you feel and what you would have wanted. And sometimes people are just going to disagree. It could mean the world to me for my friend to show up to my volleyball game. And to them, they might think, why? Why do you even care? I've seen you play before, or it's not that big of a deal. I was at your birthday. There's just going to be inherent disagreements. And I think the way that I've found peace is in knowing that I did the best that I could and I stand by my decisions and I stand by my actions and I have peace in that. And I, of course, want everyone to be happy and I don't want to hurt anyone. And I wish I could call up these people and say, here's what I was feeling and this was my perspective and this is why this happened. But they're probably not even going to hear it because they're going to think, well, no, this is what happened in my perspective and this is what I wanted. And yeah, it's a bummer and it's sad. And sometimes I'll randomly think about that person and be like, wow, that's just crazy. We don't even talk anymore. But that's life. And I think time heals all wounds. And sometimes you just have to forgive yourself and become at peace with it. And I think the forgive yourself is a big part of it. Calling up someone to apologize or clarify or something like that, it does more for you than it usually does for that person. Like you're doing it to rid yourself of this guilt or whatever it is that you're feeling. And to them, I don't know, they just might receive it differently. That doesn't apply to my specific situation because if I felt like I'd hurt someone and never apologized, I would of course call to apologize. But I'm just kind of trying to help depict the picture of like, you don't need someone else involved in forgiveness. You can forgive someone else from afar and you can also forgive yourself as well without the permission of anyone else. So I'll leave it there. And I think that that hits. Okay. We're going to have one more break and then be back for the rest of the show. As always, I love talking about AG1 on RealPod because they're one of our favorite, most beloved sponsors. I had my AG1 this morning. Of course I did. I always do. It's so easy and seamless. You just have one scoop of AG1 and you mix it with water. You shake it up. I use my AG1 shaker that they gifted me when I made my first purchase. So look at what you're buying when you check out because you could also be buying that extra shaker and it makes it so easy. 
AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. It replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in just one simple drinkable habit. It is a science-driven formulation of vitamins and whole food source nutrients. AG1 is truly raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. And AG1 is one of my absolute favorite supplements that I take religiously. So it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash realpod. That's drinkag1.com slash realpod, D-R-I-N-K-A-G-1.com slash realpod to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Drinkag1.com slash realpod. That's drinkag1.com slash realpod, D-R-I-N-K-A-G-1.com slash realpod to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I had therapy this week and it was amazing. I love going because it's just a private place where I get to talk about anything that I want, whether you're feeling uncertain about life or work or relationships and you just don't know which path to take. That's usually where I'm at. And therapy helps me map out my future and trust myself to find the way forward. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I have definitely alternated therapists in my life because it's important to find someone that you click with. So I love that BetterHelp makes this process easy because it's really important to find someone that you vibe with. So I love that there's no additional charge to find the therapist that's right for you. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash realpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, better, H-E-L-P.com slash realpod today to get 10% off your first month. Visit betterhelp.com slash realpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, better, H-E-L-P.com slash realpod today to get 10% off your first month. All right, we're in the third quarter here. And if you've made it this far, I think you've earned some spicy questions. <laughs> I did get a question on different sex drive levels. This person said, I love talking about this with friends and how to navigate it in relationships. And I'm curious your thoughts. I think it's really important to communicate, you know, your expectations or your desires and what satisfies you. And then also allow your partner to share their same feelings on the matter. Because you could be with someone who has a much higher sex drive than you and yours is a lot lower. So instead of you feeling like you have to be at 100 and them feeling like it's at zero, can you both meet at 50? So I think when it comes to like sex drive specifically, you have to have a conversation and explain what you're looking for, what you're hoping for, what would satisfy you, and then also hear from them and then try your best to meet in the middle. I would say it's super important for both people to be initiating. I think a lot of times if I'm stereotyping by gender, girls will be like, I never want to initiate. Like when I walk around naked or when I'm wearing something cute or when I'm blah, 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 like the guy should always want to come have sex. And I think that that's unfair 
right? I think both people should be making moves, should be giving cues, should be initiating. And then the last thing I'll say on this, and I actually learned this from the eight date books and I've loved it and thought about it ever since, was a statistic that couples who are able to openly reject sex have sex more often. So basically the couples that are able to say, you know what? Sorry, I'm actually not in the mood. And then the other person say, no worries, completely get it next time and not get into a blow up fight, like actually have sex more often. And I used to definitely be someone who I felt that rejection to my core. And so now being in a place where like sometimes I'm like, I love you. I'm so tired. And Max is so cool about it. So I feel like I want to give him that same grace when he has a really long work day or when his head's not in the right place or he just is tired. Who cares? Whatever it is. So that was also something that I loved from the eight date books that I think has been super helpful for us moving forward. Okay. This is another (laughs) interesting follow-up question. It says, how open are you to your friends and family about you and Max's intimate life? To my family? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Including my mom. That's a boundary for sure. As far as my friends, I'm pretty open with my friends about everything as are they with me. That's just kind of how I like to roll. This next question says advice for staying friends with someone when they're about to marry someone you really dislike. Ooh, that's tough. And I think we can even expand this to be when they're dating someone you dislike. You know, we cannot know what's best for everyone and we can't always tell them our opinions if they don't ask. A big thing for me is waiting to be asked my opinion. And if I'm asked my opinion, then I will find a way to deliver it in a nice way. But I've really had to bite my tongue and recognize when people do not ask me what I think. Your friend could be dating an asshole and they don't care what you think because they're the one dating them and they like them for some reason. So to just voluntarily give your advice, like when it's not asked, I think is sticky. I think you could poke and pry in ways like, so how are you feeling in your relationship? It's been six months now or you're about to get married. And do you feel like you're the best version of yourself? What are the ways that you feel like, you know, this person makes you better? You know, I think you can say things like that that just seem like you're being a good friend and asking questions. And then maybe they'll start to realize as they're talking, actually, like, I don't feel like my best self right now. Or I'm glad you asked me because X, Y, Z. I had a friend who was in a relationship with someone for a very long time. And I did not think that this was the person for them. And I waited. I waited patiently until the opportunity came. And then I expressed how I felt. And I'm glad that I did because also sometimes people aren't ready to hear the advice. Like if I would have said that three years ago, maybe this person wouldn't have been able to hear it and then would have just been mad at me. They always shoot the messenger. I think when it comes to relationships, the messenger is always shot. Like I've just learned that. So you want to really pick and choose your moments that you criticize someone's partner. And then when this moment arised, I was able to voice everything that I felt. And then I felt like the can of worms was open. So then when this person kept coming to me and saying, this happened and that happened, I was like, you have to leave. You are so much better than this. And that person is now out of that relationship and loving, loving, loving life. So I'm really happy about it. It's tough though. And I think Someone might be thinking, no, but if you know, if you know this is the wrong person, you have to say something for their life. I guess I know where you're coming from because I used to have the same mindset. But honestly, other people's problems are not our problems and it's not our life. And if someone can actually walk down the aisle or wait at the altar and say I do to someone, that's their decision. And if they're going to follow through with it, that is their decision. 
And I don't know. I just, I don't ever want to do or say something that would significantly change the trajectory of someone's life if they felt like that wasn't what they wanted. But now, like, I also know that my friends, I think my word carries a lot of weight. That's my perception of like when I say things to my friends about anything in life. And so I always want to be very impeccable with my word. And, you know, the same way that my friends, what they say means a lot to me. If any of my friends said anything about anything in my life, I would take that to the depths of my heart. So I think that's also sensitive. It's like you want to be able to maintain your friendship with this person and also not ruin it by like, if you say, I literally fucking hate your partner, do you think they're ever going to want to go on a double date with you again? No. And then it's like, is your friendship going to become weird? Probably. So it's like, that's what I want to avoid. I think if you like really despise this person, you can't even be around them. Like, you know, unfortunately, I've heard of that in life where like you then grow apart because they're choosing to spend every waking second with someone you don't like. So it's very complicated. I hope there was something to take there. I think there were a few pieces of advice that you can pull depending on your situation. But I feel for you. I wish everyone could be with people that we love. <laughs> the next question says, how do you put yourself out there in today's world without being on apps? Well, it's funny you say without being on apps, because I think that if I was single, I would love to go on an app. I feel like when I look at my friends' Hinge profiles, I know this is so annoying because I'm married and in love. And it's so annoying. It looks fun to make a Hinge profile. I mean, to come up with the witty responses and the pictures and then like message people. I'm sure all of you are rolling your eyes saying, Vic, after literally three days, it is so old and you will hate being on the app. But I don't know. I think I would be on an app if I was single because I don't have any qualms or like negative feelings about being on an app. I know people who are like embarrassed. They met on an app and they tell a different story. I just think that's the reality of the day we live in. Like we're all on social media. Like guys aren't just walking up to girls in a Walgreens and saying, hey, you're buying caramel candy. Like so am I <laughs> or whatever the pickup line used to be back in the day. So I just feel like because naturally that interaction is happening less in life. Boys aren't asking girls on dates in school. Sorry, I'm talking from my straight perspective, but it's just what easily comes to my mind. The guys aren't going up to you in the locker room, not the locker room, sorry, by the lockers and asking you out. Like they're Snapchatting you and then they're saying, well, maybe I'll see you with the football game tonight. Like the whole thing, I, I know it sucks. And I wish that there was some of that old fashionedness still alive. But I mean, how do you put yourself out there despite all that? You know, I think making the first move can be powerful. You know, asking a guy out or sending the first text. You know, I think there's you have to give some effort back. I think I have met some people who are like, nope, I never text first. I never text first. And if they want it, they will. And I'm like, okay, that's just not fun. Like, I feel like you can initiate. Like, if you have a rule of like, I will never text first. I don't know. That's just to me, that's a little beyond. I feel like, sure, maybe they should text first more than you if you want to be the one being pursued, but you can't never throw them a bone. That's just me. So I would say initiating the conversations when you're out and about, dropping lines like, well, will I see you in the cafeteria or, you know, little things like that. And then the last thing I'll say is just constantly being around. This is called the be there method. And Natalie and I had a radio show in high school where we gave this theory and it's called the be there method. And basically it's like just always being around where your crush is, not in a stalker way, but let's say you're in college and, you know, there's a person in your class that you are crushing on, like sit close to them, like 
when they walk in, like walk in at the same time, like chill by a tree until you see them coming down, you know, the campus and then pretend you're also walking from the other direction and then you're going to naturally meet up and have to talk. I just think like always being around, you put yourself in a position for the conversation to happen or something to happen. And I say that in the least stalkery way. I hope that makes sense. Okay. We have a few more questions. This one says how to be there for your partner when both of your buckets are empty. I mean, when both of our buckets are empty, I feel like we just lay on each other in silence. (laughs) Like Max is on the couch watching TV, just trying to tune out life. And then I just like walk over and literally lay on top of him. And then he just like puts his arm around me. And then we just like lay there in silence. Like when our buckets are empty, I feel like Physical touch is a big recharger for us. Like we're big huggers and we're big cuddlers. So sometimes a hug, a hug is just amazing. Like how to be there for your partner when your bucket is empty, like a hug, holding them, inviting them to snuggle up and wrap your arms around them. I think physical touch goes a long way. And then also just like giving them kisses on their head. Max has a big forehead, so it's great kiss surface area. I love it. I'm going to end with this last question that asks about long distance relationship advice. For those of you who may not know, Max and I were in a long distance relationship for three years. Mm -hmm. This is pre you probably following me on social media and even knowing I existed. So the content and stuff I made about it, you probably never saw. But there is a YouTube video somewhere in the ether called like how to have a long distance relationship or tips. If you just Google long distance relationship, Victoria and Max, it should appear on YouTube. And I think that video, like everything we said in that video, I still think it rings true today. But for anyone who's like, "Mm, bitch, I'm not going to YouTube. That's okay. I'll tell you right now. Well, I'll tell you the best that I can remember just off the top of my head. Communication is number one. If you're in a long distance relationship, you have to speak and you have to communicate. You cannot want them to read your mind, hope that they text you, hope that they fly in and surprise you, hope that they send you a gift. Like you have to say, hey, I need to see you on FaceTime every day, even if it's just for 10 seconds. I just need to see your face. Or I really need you to text me when you get home at night safe because it just lets me know you thought of me and it keeps me sane knowing you got home safe because you're across the country. You have to communicate the things that you absolutely need to get through this relationship. That's not to be confused with your expectations. You cannot have unrealistic expectations. This person needs to be texting you all the time. They need to be calling you all the time. They need to send you flowers every week. They need to fly to you every weekend. I mean, that is unrealistic. And those are expectations that nobody can meet. And especially when you have jobs or you're in school, you're just not texting every day. Okay. So it's just really important that you are clear between your needs and their needs. And then the difference between that and unrealistic expectations, because you might be someone like I was someone who liked to text all the time and Max didn't want to text all the time. So I adapted and then I ended up really enjoying, you know, longer FaceTimes at night instead of like distracted texting all day and then needing to do homework and stuff at night and not being able to call him. So that's important. And then I think I would say like distance does make the heart grow fonder. So I think there are some pros. I think if you make it through long distance, you're going to be able to make it through anything. I think long distance is truly just the test of all tests, especially for relationships where you're not really sure, like, you know, where it's going to go. On that note, I did get a lot of questions asking me how to know when someone is the one and how to know when Max was the one. And I would just say, I know so annoying, but when you know, you know, is very true. And anyone who is with their one 
will be nodding their head. Like you just know, as far as when I knew Max was the one, I literally just remember being so in the butterfly honeymoon phase in the beginning and thinking to myself, I don't think this is ever going to (laughs) end. I want to be with him always and like forever. Like I, I never want this to end. And so I think for me, it was just, I never want this to end. And that's how I knew that he was the one. Back to the long distance advice though, getting through that made us so strong. And then now that we live together and we're together all the time, like we just appreciate it. And we are so happy to be with each other because we know what it is like to live apart. And we would go months at a time, like three months. I think four months was the longest we did apart just because of my volleyball schedule and his football schedule and all of that. But oh my God, when you're long distance and you reunite, nothing feels like that. I just remember being on the plane and my heart was just like pounding and I had butterflies and then I'd go brush my teeth in the airport bathroom before I'd run out and you know, and then like you just, you see them and your just face lights up. I mean, talk about the present moment. Like those are the most present moments. And then you hug them and you smell them again and then you give them a kiss. I mean, oh, like I know long distance is Miz, but think about how magical the times are when you do reunite and how special that like rush of magical emotions is. It's really cool. Okay, well, that was my relationship solo Q&A. Thank you for submitting such great, fun, and wide-ranging questions. I hope that this was helpful. I love you all. Make sure that you're subscribed to RealPod so that you never miss an episode. And make sure you tune in to So Much To Say this Friday. It's going to be a great epi. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.